0: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway.
0: Well, hello, Scott. It's a busy week. It's a crazy week. More it news is. than ever. It so is. there's all kinds of things um, that, you know, we talked last week about Dan Loeb, who wrote me and said he was mad I didn't consider him a friend. Um, and Wasn't
1: the term he used, side bitch?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Because he's, you know, he's kind of from your world. Um, in any case. What did, world
1: is that? What? Just... What strange planet in hell is that? white guys
0: who like to talk about prostitutes a lot. I don't know what a side – I don't even know you what a side piece bitch is. You like it's a bad is. thing. I don't you even know what like a side to... piece bitch is. I just don't even know. In any case, Dan – okay, we're friends. Sure, whatever. Big if D, D-Lo. I have real actual friends, but you're – I. Dan Loeb is a very interesting and fascinating character, and I would be happy to have him on the show. We're going to try to get him to come on the show. But Disney is officially pivoting its business to focus on streaming, which Dan suggested. He's an activist investor. Uh, mm-hmm. Where does that leave Hollywood and streaming? Or what do you think they've sort of reorganized? It's because it's their business for the next year, I guess. I mean,
1: yeah, it is. It is interesting. They, they've essentially said that they're going to have a quote unquote distribution team. Typically, right. the way they're organized is around verticals and say, okay, this this group it produces content that starts uh, on movies. It's Marvel. It's Men in Tights and. Mm-hmm. While we've ruined the motion picture industry by clustering it around, a, you know, a few tentpole businesses. I mean, talk about right. an industry that really set itself up to fail. But anyways, they said we need a group to more thoughtfully think about the role that distribution plays yep. in driving shareholder value. And what's going on here is important because... Disney still hasn't really crossed the chasm, and that is if they were really serious about moving to a recurring revenue bundle and they were really serious about— Chasm.
0: It's the Rundle chasm.
1: There you go. The rasm. The rasm. If they wanted wanted to— The um, rasm. If they wanted to double their share price without a noticeable increase in revenues, they would— they would use Disney Plus as kind of the core, the basis, of the nucleus mm-hmm. of this recurring revenue bundle: parks, experiences, cruises, Other things. Yoda dolls. Before you even know you want them.
0: Yeah.
1: But what you have to do is you have to have the 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 backbone and the stomach to say, okay, Black Widow. The new superhero film, Mm -hmm. they've delayed it a year. They shouldn't delay it. They should put it out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, But they're still not willing to do that because, like, we want to go into the theaters and see if we can grab between a half a billion and a billion dollars in in short-term cash flow. Yeah. And well, so, how was their
0: Mulan experience? I that's mean, right. it, it was it was not as good as they thought, or people were disappointed. It's just a different business. They have to think of it differently. This long term relationship with with their customers, so that they they can sort of you know it's interesting because the ones that do have relationships like Apple and Amazon um, did better during this pandemic. You know, well, just think, about, people just think about—people do about, have a long-term relationship with Disney, though. I mean, hundred
1: percent. But they're not—they're not—they're thinking about short-term revenues and not long-term shareholder value. Think about how many people Disney Plus is hands down the most successful streaming video launch in history. Sixty yeah. million people. But think about if you could only get Marvel and Star Wars uh, movies yeah. on Disney Plus. And yeah. by the way, you skip that—the worst, the second worst retail experience in America behind gas stations, movie theaters.
0: Right.
1: How many people would be on Disney Plus? Pretty yeah.
0: much anyone, anyone, yeah. I have a credit agree. card. You know, my kids. It's interesting. They're always they're they're always saying, "What's the Disney Plus password?" Like that's the only thing they say to me. Which is, well, they say other things, but um, it's really interesting. I hate you. Word. No, they use Netflix. <laughs> they definitely use Netflix. <laughs> that's <laughs> what my I, kids are saying to their love mother me. right now. I me. I'm no, telling no, no, you. Our, they, there's
1: a lot of "I hate you"s rolling around no, our household right now.
0: No, my kids are being great. They suddenly settled into yeah, it. I know, I know. You
1: opinion. have Walt. No, they have. I'm so Waltons, proud of them. the Walt? the
0: Walt. But they've handled this. I'm very pleased with how they've handled this yeah, pandemic situation. I am very – I know, We went apple picking the, this weekend. Yeah, I heard.
1: I heard about we the apple picking. We yeah, It was I so nice. We've all heard about that. Nice. My son was amazing. That. Yeah, that's, listen that's to me. It's just fucking adorable. <laughs>
0: listen, listen. No, listen, here's the deal. Dis, they have a relation with Disney in a way that is very interesting. And I'm sure they would do more. You're right. They would do more. Because they want to see those like Marvel movies and different things
1: do more do more and pay more so this is yeah. this is anyways it, 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 reorganizing and calling out distribution as a key component is really saying all right it, being more thoughtful around how we drive shareholder value as opposed to just monetize content yeah. through the traditional You're right. path of of, of of old Hollywood, if you will, is an acknowledgement that what has gotten them here today isn't going to get them where they need to go. That I think is
0: particular. Are you going to be on the new Disney board that Dan, when Dan Loeb takes over?
1: Disney is one of the few boards I would say yes to. I'm actually getting off a board right now, and I had a friend of yours, actually, that mm-hmm. called me who's a headhunter for boards, and she said, mm-hmm. I want to put you on these boards. And I'm like, these are Joey Bagadonis boards. I have no. no interest. And she said, what board would you go on? And I said, i would going go Disney.
0: on Disney. Anyways, yeah. They're never gonna
1: Tiger, <laughs> call me. <laughs>
0: They're not call gonna, me. No. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get a
1: call in the next never. Yeah, you know who'll get a call in the next? I never. Will.
0: From Iger, and he'll be the new like, I got to keep the, him off. <laughs> the new sheriff
1: of the <laughs> internet. The new sheriff of the internet. It's the
0: sheriff. It's the she The ref.
1: problem is, on all what? the good boards, on all yeah. the good boards, Yeah, I uh, uh, No, I'm there's sorry. somebody I have massively pissed off. I
0: know that. I'm, that's what I'm saying. You're never getting on that board. Everywhere I go, it's like, Everywhere you how go? do you deal with that guy? I'm Persona like, great. Nanga,
1: Daga yeah. nagrada Daga <laughs> nanga. Nanga. Listen,
0: here's one more thing we have to talk about. Dropbox is the latest tech kind of company to make work from home permanent. It looks like it's just a, now a thing. It's going to be now a thing that you're going to work from home.
1: This is uh, there's a bigger story here, and that is, if you think about really tectonic shifts in our economy, mm. where there is a not only growth. There, there's two ways to make a, a shit ton of money, and that is to get get on a rocket ship that is growing. Right, Dropbox. Right. I'm not even entirely sure what they do. I just know what they do is growing something on storage. You drop storage. In the box. But yeah, go ahead. there you go. You know, you know, search is growing. You know, AI is growing. You get on a rocket ship there. The other thing you can do is get in front of a tsunami of change, and that is there's an earthquake off the shore and then this tsunami that is taking water from everywhere else and is forming just a massive change in the ecosystem. And some of those, which is kind of my way of, you know, how I describe shifts in the economy when I'm on edibles. But anyways, the biggest shift is going to be the four trillion dollars that's up for grabs through new distribution mechanisms in healthcare—that's no longer going to flow through hospitals and doctors' offices. The second biggest shift, Kara, is going to be the transition of capital, both both time and financial, from what is arguably the third largest asset class in America, and that's commercial real estate, to the largest asset class in America, which is residential. If you think about, it, on average, on average, companies spend between twenty and thirty thousand dollars her employee mm-hmm. on real estate security yep. snacks yep. conference rooms all that crap and if people are going to spend between 30 and maybe 50% less time in an office then it, it just goes it just goes to reason that over the next 3 5 maybe 10 years 30 to 50% of the value the asset value of commercial real estate is going to leak to residential. So that yep. means everything from restoration hardware.
0: And they're fixing things, yeah.
1: To, ba- to Best Buy that sells you new stuff for your home is going to just boom. At
0: home heaters, outdoor heaters. Remote. That, they're sold out everywhere. It's fascinating. It is interesting what's selling. And I wonder if it'll kick back. But I got to tell you, downtowns, I've been in a lot of downtowns recently. Just like what happens? Like what happens to them?
1: That's another so That's another talk show, but there's, yeah. uh, I actually believe, I mean, it's situational. I think San Francisco is finally, people are waking up and realize that San Francisco is a product that is bad yet expensive. Yeah, But I, typically, if you look at economic history, cities thrive after pandemics. So I went on Bradley Tuss' podcast, by the way, Bradley, I, I think he's so um, insightful and really, uh, I don't know, he's really thoughtful about politics, talking about cities in New York. And... If you think about New York, everyone uses New York. New York is singular. And if, mm-hmm. if the rents and the prices of homes come down in New York and it goes a little bit younger, and also oh, so you. So
0: people will be working from home in New York. It's just not in the office areas.
1: Well, uh, but also there is a flip side, and that is Amazon, Facebook, and Google are doubling down on the notion of an office space because who loves to go to work? Yeah, young young people. people.
0: Yeah, you've talked about this. This is so, interesting.
1: New York, New York could be, you could New York could go one of two ways. You could see crime increasing, the tax base devolving, trash piling up, services going down, yep. and everyone just continues to flee. And I can't tell you, anyone I know that makes over X million dollars a year A year that I know, has, I'm not exaggerating, has called me in the last 60 days and said, can we talk about Florida schools, what life is like down there? They're There's an exodus you. of masters of it's the universe that is unparalleled.
0: I'm telling you. All already people I know that are living up in like upstate New York and different, they're like. Bored out of their minds. I'm just telling you. But Manhattan,
1: here's the thing, and I'm not from Manhattan. I've spent, I think, probably 60 days in 17 of the 20 biggest cities in the world. Everyone's competing for number two. Manhattan is singular. Yeah. And if Manhattan goes a little bit younger, and quite frankly, the, the real estate there goes from, you know, $7,000 for a two-bedroom to $44,000 for a two-bedroom. And then 4, you have the best companies in the world creating these Xanadu-like atmospheres right. in terms of offices. It could be a new golden age for New York. It Interesting. could be.
0: Interesting. It, so, That's I don't know. I'm, I'm
1: actually on. bullish on cities. I think right. cities have been okay. written okay. off.
0: All right. We should have a city person come in and talk. Richard us. Florida. All right, He's well, the city I'll guy. and also. Him, yeah.
1: Paul Romer, Nobel Prize winner, he was kind of the first guy to talk about the power of cities. But anyways, all right, we're going to have think cities. Think cities are we're fascinating. Talk about
0: cities, I think that would be really good. Okay, but we're going to get to big stories. Earlier this week, we talked about Apple going to five G, but let's talk about another new direction the company has taken. They announced lidar scanner in the phones that will allow for more immersive augmented reality experiences and all kinds of things you can do. In practice, what it means is app developers have the ability to enable things like room scanning, which is better for AR shopping apps, home design tools, games. Snapchat is the first company you announced that will be putting new technology to use. Now, you and I have seen these technologies come and go. So, what do you think about this? And how does it? How do, do you think it's a big deal, or are they just preparing us for glasses? You go first. I think they're preparing us for glasses. And I think a lot of this stuff is really good from a business point of view. You know, there's all kinds of, they, 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 at their presentation, which I watched, they made all kinds of business cases for this kind of thing where they there was a hospital that was putting giant machines in. And right now they do it with boxes, like they, you know, where to place them because you can't move them when you, you know, have an MRI come in. And it was really interesting sort of bringing CAD software to your phone kind of thing. That was sort of the argument they were making, but you can see like all kinds of business uses. And in gaming, you certainly could start to map out your house. Um, and then play the game in the house and things like that with glasses of some sort. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting, and then when you combine it with 5G, it sort of starts to get fascinating. And retail experiences you take a picture of your room and see everything in it. You can eventually take a picture of yourself, I presume, and put clothes on you and things like that. So, I don't know. I, it's an interesting thing to focus in, and they really did make a big deal of their LiDAR technology.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think VR joins the scrap heap of 3d printing and wearables okay. I, I think it's one of these incredible head fake technologies um, my favorite was wearables there's only one wearable that's ever really worked and mm-hmm. it's it's your iPhone that's yep. the only wearable that matters and the only one that's been commercially successful has been the Apple watch because it has the backing and uh, unbelievable support of Apple and I still I personally think the Apple watch is not a very utile product but VR this notion First off, tech cannot be in the business of wearable. It's it's mm-hmm. They fall under the impression that because they wear clothes, they understand anything about fashion, what you put on your face is an exceptionally thoughtful decision for people. Mm-hmm. And tech is just not the people to figure it out. Not Go- Apple? I don't think so. I think Google Glass wasn't a wearable. It was a prophylactic ensuring yes, no one yes, would ever sex Yes, but have it was the right
0: idea. I'm going to argue with you. I think it was directionally correct and executionally wrong. I'm going to I'm going to push back on you on this one because I do think people will have things on their face if it's done right. They will.
1: Um, is, you don't it, think so? You think
0: I it's, don't. The, it's 3D printing. Well, well,
1: even like my son, my my youngest really wanted uh, so there's only two unicorns in Florida, which makes no mm-hmm. sense because we have no long-term thinking because we're basically a rest home and a place for tax pads. But anyways, <laughs> Galloway, that Florida would, that Governor would be 2022. You. Anyways, be
0: you, right? That's your demo.
1: Um, <laughs> that hurts. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Um, it was meant to. So, Go ahead. but we have two. We have two unicorns. One is Chewy, this cool pet yeah, pet, pet online pet retailer, and the other is Magic Leap, which is just a ridiculous company, uh, in my view. Uh, and that is its VR. And oh, God, I know I'm gonna hear from the fucking CEO. I never hear from the CEOs of people I say nice things about. I only hear from the CEOs of people I'm like, oh, we'd like to update you on our latest thinking. And while I respect you and Kara's show I I was oh. disappointed to hear. I get all these like long bullshit yeah. emails from them. Anyways, anyways. VR, I think it's an enormous head fake. I think people can get nauseous on their own. What is, and you've talked about this. What I think is more commercially viable is AR, and I think it's more.
0: Well, that's what Apple's aimed at. They're not aimed at VR. But it's they're hold aimed up.
1: It's hold up the only the only wearable that works. Hold up your phone to an apart to a building, and you get to see what apartments are for sale or for rent.
0: Okay. All right. You
1: know, hold up. Uh, you can see it doing things around maps. Even you know what. For the first time, I thought I got to do this with my kids. I was in. Mexico and uh, the couple we were with. The guy was holding up when we got home at night. The guy was holding up his iPhone to the stars. He had one mm-hmm. of those celestial.
0: Yes. They're pretty cool. I've had. And that, that is of...
1: really cool. Yeah. Um, that's AR. So you can see a lot of applications there. But the bottom line is Apple right now, Apple yeah. right now is all about 5G, baby. This other stuff all is right. just the seven I dwarfs. Know.
0: I think later with gaming, I think it's it's just – I think it's the creativity has not gotten there. The VR I get, putting a whole new headset on your head it, and this stuff. And, and, of course, you have tech people saying, oh, it's easy. I'm like, no, it's a giant <sighs> headset ridiculous. that you string shit behind you. It doesn't make any sense. And sometimes it's fun, like in a gaming environment if you're in like a mall and they have those rooms. And it's somewhat fun for about 15 minutes. But this stuff, I think, is really, I think, directionally, this is something Tim Cook has talked to me about a lot, actually, this AR thing. And so I'm really eager to see what developers can do from a creative point of view. And I don't think it's quite there yet, but there's going to be something that people are going to like using Using the phone is more than just a communications device, that it's something else. And I do think there has to be an eyeglass kind of element to it. I I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that they're putting it there. They obviously think this is directionally important. And they're not a company like, you know, Facebook trying to look for a trendy thing to add on. So I do pay attention when they do things. So they don't just go, let's put LiDAR and make, you know, wave our hands and jazz hands and do bullshit. I don't think that's this company. So I do think it's interesting that, that they're relying on some creativity to where this is going. And some of the stuff they showed was pretty cool. It's just a question if you'll use it again and again. And so what's something you'll use a lot? So it'll be an interesting, it'll Hmm. be an interesting thing. But you think just 5G, that's it. That's it.
1: Well, look. I haven't had breakfast, so I'm in an Mm -hmm. especially bad mood. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a certain number of technologies that I find are just uh, literally press release after press release, and that have never worked because they they basically miss consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't think kids want to game with something on their heads. I think they want to game. I think they want to game with the freedom, of mobility and motility around their head and their face and they want to watch a screen. And maybe on their phone. My kids used to do Pokemon on their phones when they're mm-hmm. out exploring for whatever the shit they're looking for, other Pokemons. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting commercial applications. But some of this stuff, I mean, a, a, another thing I think that that is overhyped right now, the new technology that's mm-hmm. overhyped, quite frankly, I think is AI. I just don't... AI,
0: okay.
1: I get, I get why people are excited about it, but it's going to be like... I mean, there's just so many... Uh, Peter DeMondes from um, The Singularity, he mm-hmm. gives this great speech and he talks about all these new technologies. And I love his speech. I love it. it's fascinating. And I'm like short every company in these things because it's, w- it's bleeding edge. What wearables worked? What uh, wearables? Fitbits, been comer- probably of all of them. Uh, Fitbit got bought by Google. It was a yeah. it was a mercy killing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fitbit right, wouldn't here. be around. I call them unwearable. So don't don't look at me. What was the I other
1: d- one? The not Jawbone. Jawbone. And yes, then there jawbone. was oh, and by the way, one of the greatest consumer brands in history and a good device, mm-hmm. Nike's uh, Fuel yep. Band. That didn't yep. work. They just that don't work. work. People, if someone's right, going to put okay. something on their person, it needs to be Van Cleef and Arpel such that wealthy men want to have sex with them. And that I, is,
0: I literally think there's if anyone's going to do something interesting around this, I think it will be Apple. And I think they will. They will develop something that could be. You mean like I have the, tried all the glasses. A branded Apple
1: Watch with Hermes. Remember that bullshit? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it was Remember that gold. bullshit? Remember it
0: was like one of them was ten thousand dollars. Do you remember yeah. that? That was the rose gold I, Hermes okay, they Apple have, watch? They, have, they have. They have. They It wasn't Hermes. Was it Hermes? Hermes. I remember, yeah. Was it? Probably the best luxury brand in the world. We'll see. We're going to take a quick break. Scott and I are differing. I do think, I think when Apple does not wave its jazz hands that often. And so, but you're right. By the way, that'd be an awesome name
1: for a dog. Jazz hands? Yeah, our Vishla is getting older. So, (laughs) being the sentimental person I am, I'm already thinking about another dog. (laughs) And I want to get a great Dane. And I'm thinking of names. I'm thinking jazz hands. Jazz hands. I was thinking Gestalt would be a great name for a dog. Gestalt. But jazz hands would be a funny name for a dog. Hey, come here, jazz jazz hands.
0: Give me, come here.
1: (laughs) A big, like a big, clumsy, great Dane called jazz hands. That's okay. It's all yours. It's a jazz pause.
0: pause. All right. All right, Scott, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we have more viral information on Facebook and controversies. All the Republican senators are mad at Facebook and Twitter ahead of the election and a listener mail question. And we're back. Let's talk about viral videos spreading false information, that there will be a Democratic-led coup ahead of the election, of course. This week, uh, also the New York Post wrote a story that some were questioning its journalism and Facebook and uh, Twitter moved to block it, uh, on lots of different grounds, including personal information in it, um, and hacking and all kinds of things. Not really well, uh, they didn't do a great job explaining it. Um, but as it turned out, it looks like the story is somewhat, spe- it's another one of these, like they didn't, the, the story about, um, that Barr was investigating didn't work out. So they're on to a new one around Hunter Biden. They've gone back to Hunter Biden. Um none of this is working on for them. But nonetheless, last month Republican commentator Dan I don't know how to say his name, Bongino? Bongino? I don't know. Shared a video with over three point six million followers that a false plan that Democrats would be staging a coup. The video has been viewed two point nine million times. This goes oh, on, and on and on, they found out about on us. and on. This goes on and on of this. Um a Facebook page, Occupy Democrats, asserted that Trump had directly inspired a plot by right-wing group to kidnap mission governor. That's not true either. Uh, he, di- he did tweet some unpleasant things that would probably prompt people to do things, but nonetheless. Um, so can we have a free and fair election in this environment where this type of information is being spread? And now it looks like these companies are sort of finally um, doing something about it.
1: Uh, I I believe that America, I mean, I, f- I find one of the most... Discouraging images of the year was mm-hmm. that, you know, Orange Hitler and his Rose Garden massacre. Yeah, the but I found some of the most inspirational imagery uh, mm-hmm. of America, and it really makes me feel like okay, the tensile strength, the the connective tissue, the muscle of America, the character of America is still very much alive. Have you seen the voting lines?
0: Yes, it's amazing. People
1: are waiting 8 hours and they're yeah. like, you know, fuck that. I think I'll be American today and yep. no one is going to suppress my vote, bitch. Yep. I mean, these yes, guys are is. basically holding up the middle finger to a corrupt administration and corrupt yeah, officials and corrupt officials and the DOJ who have basically said we have been weaponized and our grandchildren are going to be so just embarrassed by our behavior and so, yeah, I do think – the bottom line is we can't have a fair election. It's just going to be a lot more effort than it, than it yeah. ever has been. But I yeah. do think we're going to get there. And I'm just so – I'm I'm starting to feel hopeful again.
0: Are you? Don't. And
1: and I mean, well, let me it this way. <laughs> None of us want to say it out loud, but yeah. things are looking good for us.
0: Well, what what do you make of all the I, I, I you know, it's interesting cuz I wrote a column about uh, Mark Zuckerberg and and the Holocaust deniers thing this week. And also, you know, th- there's all these accusations that now they're censoring things. I think they're taking down lies and taking down false information, and they finally are actually doing it a little more aggressively. And the, the Republican party is losing its collective mind largely because they've been allowed to use these sort of free distribution vehicles for a lot of specious information. And so, um, you know, they try to conflate censorship with just out and out lies, many of which are created by things like the Russian government. So what, how, how do you, how do, if you're at these companies and they've been, you know, now Facebook is joining in and it looks like they're doing it because they perceive a shift in power, my, my guess. How do you look at this? How they're handling it, and what would you do if you were inside there? You would have done it a long time ago, sort of cleaned up your mess a little bit more, and allowed media misinformation, lots of misinformation, not to um, happen. But what do you what do you make of how they're handling it? Um, they're sort of stumbling into it. I
1: the Tristan the, uh, Harris um, quoted, or there's this really interesting line of thinking in uh, the social dilemma that. You know, a tree is worth as long as a tree is worth more as lumber. As long as whales are worth mm-hmm. more dead, um, they will continue to fish the oceans and you know, clear cut for us. And unfortunately, what Facebook has figured out and Twitter is that an enraged, polarized, upset person is worth more to them than a balanced, mentally mentally uh, mm-hmm. healthy person. And so they are in the business of debalancing and enraging you. And the things that help enrage you are more novel, outrageous stories, uh, which which is another way of saying a conspiracy theory. And if you can get a conspiracy theory or something that's really crazy, like the Post putting out that Bill Gates is funding uh, vax mm-hmm. research so he right. can implant a microchip, which, by the way, the New York Post covered – and 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 actually, lended some credibility to. I think the most hilarious thing about all of this is that credible news sources, including the New York Post, I'm like, well, that's a credible. It's an entertaining right. news source. I wouldn't call mm-hmm. it a credible news source. Anyways, they have. I don't. I, I literally don't understand. I understand why Facebook has tried to play the slow roll around this. Mm-hmm. Your your term, which I love. But this is what they need to do. They need to come out of the closet and say, we've always been a media company. We're still mm-hmm. a media company. Which implicitly means we have a bias. What do
0: you you make of the attacks from Hawley? Hawley was hysterical. He's like, I'm going to report them to the Federal Election Commission. And I'm like, well, Trump and the Senate have not allowed it to be. There's no quorum. No, I know that, but I'm just saying they don't have a quorum. They can't do anything about it because it's been blocked by the Republicans. But, um, but, and they haven't had a quorum for a hundred days or some number like that. And the guy who's leading it thinks that the, the election is a spiritual war, too. He's been saying things publicly. In any event, they're sort of go, Ted Cruz wrote one, Hawley, like, we're going to deal with their censorship. When in fact, it's like they've been, they've been able to ride roughshod over these, these social networks with all kinds of fake information. And now it's being pulled back. Uh, yeah, know. but we're, argu-
1: we are, we're arguing over the symptom, and that is the majority of the argument is around do they have a conservative bias or not. And then people like uh, you and me point out that seven of the ten most viral stories on Facebook no, tend don't. to be conservative-leaning uh, yeah. Articles. So, but that's not the argument. The argument is okay. They're they're a media company, and mm-hmm. with any media company, you can do one of two things. You can either decide it's a free for all, and that if you want to let people on your WhatsApp platform say that this individual is a pedophile, and the results in them being dragged out of cars and hanged. Okay, that free-for-all approach isn't working well for anyone but Facebook shareholders, and people are, have had it with the externality, yeah. the exhaust of this. So, we can't do that any longer, especially with a Biden-Harris administration coming in. People have had it with that. We have to move away from it. If we involve any sort of curation or editorial... Mm-hmm. We can attempt to be down the middle and we can state that but anytime there's humans involved there's going to yeah, be a bias. Exactly. And yep. guys, every every other media outlet that you jones for the camera for has a bias. Right. Uh, we're going to be the ones that are going to try. We're going to try, whether you think it's the Wall Street Journal in the middle or whoever's supposedly in the middle right now, we're going to try to be in the middle. But let's be honest, we'll get it wrong on both sides. And right. guess what? That's called being a media company. Yeah, it is
0: interesting. I just think they've gotten a free ride on this dirty train for so long. They're used to it. And they're like, what? You're going to stop our dirty train? Like, come on. Like, And, yeah, and then agreed. throwing the censorship thing, I just like that That chucklehead Ben Shapiro attacked me and Kevin Roos on that. And it's like, it's not censorship. Ben Shapiro attacked you? Yes, me and Kevin Roose. He was saying we we think the system's gamed. We, I, we not think the system's gamed. We think it's all it is is you're you're very popular on these social media platforms, so you can't complain you're being suppressed. That's all we were saying is like complaining about being suppressed when you're the top ten. Numbers, you're in the top 10 numbers several times is really kind of ridiculous. This victimization thing. But I think they've all been riding this filthy train and let where good information mixes in with false information and they're used to it. And now the train ride is over. That's really what it It, is. It's (laughs)
1: the whole, the whole, it's like scaled sociopathy. I mean, a key component of being a sociopath is constantly claiming you're a victim as led by. Orange Hitler always saying that he's a victim, and all these conservative yeah. radio talk show hosts that complain so that they're being suppressed. So
0: much distribution. They well, have so much distribution. Guess what?
1: States with no population—about twenty to thirty percent of the population—is represented by fifty-three percent of the senators. I mean, if you look at the data, conservatives, as a you know, old men who are pre-prostate cancer, who are white, and, and claim to be heterosexual, make up about. Make up about I don't know about twenty seven percent of the population, and they make up about eighty percent of any powerful body in the world. And yeah. it's just no this bullshit yeah. notion that somehow they're being, their ideas are being suppressed. It, the media does have the, the
0: lies are being suppressed. You're right. The, the lies media are being does suppressed. have a
1: liberal bias, yeah. and so if you're if you're sort of. It does, no doubt about it. Because the thing is, Eh. most people in media go to college and you start getting a liberal bias when you go to college. I think
0: it's like, I've been in these news, they're very not liberal. I think they're just sort of, it's like calling Silicon Valley. There's a total liberal bias. Silicon Valley is not. No, it's it's total not. liberal they're bias. They're centrist. They like they're ridiculously mm, centrist today. They're center
1: centrist. according to according to Kara Swisher, which is no, out of control no, liberal. No,
0: no, it's not. I'm an out of control oh, yeah. liberal. Anyway, yeah. speaking of which, NBC. I'm not actually an out of control liberal. Meanwhile, NBC announced they would host a town hall with Donald Trump in the same slot as ABC's earlier announced town hall with Joe Biden. This is because Donald Trump declined to be in a virtual debate. Um. So he's getting rewarded by getting an NBC special. NBC, of course, is where he did the uh, The Apprentice. So thank you, Jeff Zucker. Um, is the mainstream media stoking these flames by forcing audience to choose which candidate they want to listen to? I mean, like, it's kind of weird. Why couldn't they just do it at different hours? I, it's really odd, I find.
1: Well, not only that, NBC's whole,
0: getting slapped, including by Rachel Maddow.
1: The whole point of these debates is such that the guy in the red sweater. Can mm. be informed and see the contrasting viewpoints line yeah. up against each other and make an informed decision. By the way, I love that the red sweater guy has announced
0: he, he has wants another fifteen
1: seconds of fame and that he's undecided because it's very, <laughs> it's very decide. important to decide. every four years say okay, <laughs> let's make sure stupid people are still stupid four years later. <laughs> okay. So. What's but his name? The idea, it, it, it not only doesn't make any sense, it mm-hmm. it undermines the whole purpose of these town halls and debates. And yeah, that I is, agree. you're supposed like, uh. to be able to compare and contrast them. And all yeah. they're doing is saying, okay, stay in your bubble. Stay yeah. in your bubble. I mean,
0: what's with that? It's so weird. It
1: doesn't make any sense. What and they weird? say, well, uh, if they'd given one an earlier time, there'd be bias coming about. They'd have them on different nights. And then, yeah, say, why not?
0: Like, I don't Or get flip it. a coin
1: it's... or something.
0: I think people are really attacking NBC.
1: I mean, it makes, that just makes no sense. Yeah, they sort of did reward Donald Trump for being
0: an asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I will not do a virtual debate, but I will do this town hall. Uh, And it's going to be Savannah Guthrie, who, by the way, let me just say, she can be a tough interviewer. Everyone's sort of making fun of her. I think it's unfair. Um, she's actually a pretty decent interviewer. Um, well, because um, so you're not I'll
1: expecting see. it. Anyone named Savannah, you think's gonna be nice to you? you know
0: <laughs> Do you? Do you really? Well, come
1: on, you meet someone no. named Savannah, you're like, oh god, I can relax. This person's gonna be nice to me. Their no, name's Savannah. She's,
0: an she's quite a good interviewer. I think. Yeah, I she really, is good. That's, those she's are the things journalist. I don't like. Is they attacks on her? I think she's quite an excellent interviewer. And but nonetheless, why are they attacking it, which, Savannah? Because they're like they just—they just—they don't—they're attacking NBC, and so they're going after everybody attached to it. If Chuck Todd, of course, is getting getting his ass kicked on Twitter and everything else, in any case, Chuck they, Todd. they should t- from t- Miami,
1: <laughs> probably one of the smartest, okay. most credible person from Miami. Chuck Todd.
0: Okay, I thought that was you. All right, so NBC. Which one are you going to watch? Are you going to go between them? I'm just going to wait till Twitter to organize 100%, it for me. That's what I'm going to do. That's oh, what I'm going to do. I'll look at All right. the highlights. Let's so so. It's just it's a mess. It's a mess, people. It's I'll a probably mess, tune into <laughs>
1: Trump because I just hate myself, and I find that as I get older, I want to s- kind of self self whatever just, you call because it. Because he's gonna myself.
0: he knows he's gonna do something crazy because he could do something And Joe Biden's just gonna be like a nice guy. Like that's that's true. It's true. It's this like, plays
1: this this is uh, I mean th- this is another example of when 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 Biden got the nomination. I literally I was so upset i thought oh my god you were oh my god we're gonna lose it we have figured out a way to lose this mm-hmm. and the reality is is that joe biden isn't going to win this election donald mm-hmm. trump is going to lose it this has been the worst executed campaign for not donald trump to figure out a way to not debate joe biden yeah is such yeah, a he huge have done there's error. one more
0: coming though there's one more coming allegedly there's one more Knows. Uh,
1: I mean, the Trump campaign, it's as if literally they just didn't show up. It, it, they have made yeah, it such me. terrible moves.
0: Anyway, we'll we're going to get to listener mail. Let's okay. go to Let's a go. listener mail question. You've got, you've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you've got mail. This question comes from Chloe Donaldson. How do you see Section 230 playing out for some of the smaller Internet companies? Sure. Companies like Facebook and Google have tens of thousands of employees, many of whom are already moderating content, for better or for worse. But for a company like Reddit, who has 400 employees, or Craigslist with more like 50 employees, Section 230 would crush them. Their entire business model is built on the safety net that the 1996 law provides them. They seem to slide under the radar. Also, what footprint do these smaller companies have in D.C. these days in terms of lobbying? Thanks. Thanks. Okay. This is interesting because this repeal of 230 was mentioned by Donald Trump yest- yesterday after the Facebook and Twitter thing. It was mentioned by Clarence Thomas, who literally wouldn't know 230 if it hit him on the head. Um, and of course, Holly and the, the other guy, crew, the one nobody likes, Cruz. Um, so it, it's, it does hurt smaller companies more. And again, it doesn't need to be repealed. It needs to be reformed. And, nah. and the, the issue is, uh, Section 230 would affect smaller companies differently because they don't have the wherewithal to do. A lot of them would probably have to shutter and which gives, and these other companies have giant lawyers and cadres of lawyers and stuff like that. And so they could make exceptions and standards based on company size. They could do anything. They could create something after consulting with a lot of people and actually legislating, uh, and actually doing policy that, you know, that, that get smart people around and figure out a compromise that would work best. Scott?
1: Well, one of the, one of the biggest problems in our society is that because government has become a co-conspirator as opposed to a countervailing force to private power, that our taxation, our regulation has become regressive as a, as opposed to one of the keys to capitalism is you have a progressive tax structure that says if you're smart, hardworking, and, and lucky and you kill it, you pay a larger percentage of your taxes and we also have done the same thing around regulation and that is small businesses under a certain number of employees are exempt or have been exempt Mm -hmm. from a lot of the regulations that bigger businesses are subject to and i don't think there's any reason to your point about reforming 230 that might build in some exemptions if you're a 20-person you know company putting out blogs or whatever it is maybe you don't aren't held to the same standards because quite frankly you can't inflict the same damage so, I think the, the, your, your term is the right one. It needs to be reformed, but there's no reason why we can't accommodate or, if you will, try and give companies uh, – small business has, has been the engine of growth. Two-thirds of, new, two-thirds of new jobs are created by small business, and small business has been kicked in the nuts because big companies have – have figured out a way to mm-hmm. to run, overrun government, and it hurts small business. And we need to return to a regulation and a tax system that helps the engine of our economy—that small, and medium-sized business. They don't have; they really don't have much of a seat at the table anymore. So I yeah, think you can get around this. I think you can. They don't, can and they it. don't have
0: an ability. Just not just that, but a lot of. You know, I I remember interviewing the CEO of Reddit, and he they were doing some of this stuff that Facebook and Twitter are doing right now. And they were like, we just don't have the people. We don't have the resources to do this. It just puts us out of business, you know, and the same thing with all these other small companies. And so, you know, some don't have the problem, like the Snapchat, which is smaller if you can compare it to these other large ones. Um, but you don't also want to have Facebook and Google spending their time doing this either. Like you have to figure out a way that they have adequate liability for the things on their platform. And at the same time, doesn't allow like a zillion lawyers to just descend on these industries and just ruin them. Like, they're, yeah, they're, we have figured point. out liability in every other industry. We can figure it out here. Like, yeah. he, I don't know. I just, I feel like everyone's like, you have the tech people going, oh, no, you have the, you know, I cannot believe Clarence Thomas commented on it. Literally. I, I'm like, I'm sure he has trouble turning on his iPhone. And, and you know, it's not something to be bandied about. It has to be, like, smart. And people like Josh Olley and tech crews know that. They just... It's, it's also not a winner with voters. Like, 230, like, come on. Like, d- like, let's just po- do policy here. Let's just do policy. How about that? That would be really great if we could figure out, including the Biden administration. If they just jump on this bandwagon, it's just redonkulous. Rid- like anybody doing this, it's an important industry. We should regulate it properly and we should all sit down and figure out the right way to do it. And that's, you know, I'm, unfortunately, what happens is now we've gotten in this cartoon thing as they, you know, they censored it. Oh, they're keeping conservative voices. Oh, this, so that. It's really, all it needs is some really smart people sitting down and figuring out the rules of the road.
1: By the way, I I thought of you, um, just because I'm so old, I occasionally Mm -hmm. tune in and watch the uh, confirmation hearings and Ted Cruz's questioning of Amy Coney Coney Barrett when he asked her about Remote learning and piano lessons. I'm like, let me get this. If this was uh, a male, uh, pur- how just, come you didn't ask? Je- how come you didn't ask Brett Kavanaugh about piano lessons? I, don't <laughs> I just know. like, I thought, oh my god, I hope Kara's watching this.
0: No, I didn't watch it. I just did. like, she didn't answer any questions. Very deft, at not answering questions. Yeah, well, I don't you know, know. They, they have caught to see her up evidence. a couple of times, yeah. but for the most part, she was she she handled it. She did a rope a dope with them, and that's it worked. It's going to work. It doesn't really matter. She could, you know, I can't imagine what she could do to get up there without this thing is go this train is going down the tracks and it's headed yeah. right towards the Supreme Court and nothing's going to stop it. And it's, it's, I don't know what she could have done. I don't, yelled, I like beer. I don't know what she could have done. Something. something I like beer! <laughs> like, <laughs> she reminds me, I went to Georgetown and she reminds me of a lot of people I went to school with. Very smart, very religious, very, um, she's very clever. She did a clever job at that and sort of handled it pretty well for herself. Whether... Whether they should have jammed it through or not is a whole different discussion. But she certainly, there was certainly nothing. Uh, none of them had, uh, you know, had a glove on her, I thought. No, our,
1: I think our only hope, our only, I won't say hope, uh, the only chance this thing gets derailed is if there's more super spreader events and yeah. eight 75-year-old Republicans can't make the vote. I don't, I yeah. don't, I, I don't see any other, I don't know, yeah. we'll see, who
0: you knows, yeah. strange the world. the only thing she did mess up was not knowing the First Amendment. All the protections. Do you know them, Scott? Can you say them off the top of your head?
1: No, but I didn't win as many awards as you in journalism school. (laughs) Go ahead. What are they, (laughs) Kara? They're press,
0: freedom of press, religion, assembly, um, to be able to air your grievances with the government, and then um, speech. Thank you. I
1: think you and I: redress, I redress. think you and I are totally exercising our right around the airing of grievances pretty much twice a week.
0: Yes, well, to grieve to the Congress to, to, to do that, but you're right, correct. We get, we get all those rights, we get all those rights. Anyway, we do. Scott, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for predictions.) <laughs> Okay, Scott, prediction, prediction. Big cities will be back, but that's not really a prediction. We'll see. We'll see about that. That's going to be a while.
1: So in my blog, No Mercy, No Malice, tomorrow I'm writing. So I talk a lot about stocks I think are overvalued Mm -hmm. and are stocks that I think are menaces to our our society, or sometimes they're both, Palantir. Anyways, uh, I'm usually-
0: How's that doing?
1: uh, It's holding. It's holding. It's um. You know, we'll see. It's it's huh. uh, It it's went a down we'll a bit. See. Now it's back up. It's holding. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, but I think, uh, so I like to take a break and occasionally talk about a stock or a company that's going to come public. And we've talked about this a lot. Uh, I think Airbnb is going to be the most valuable company in travel oh. and hospitality and leisure in the next 12 months when it goes public. And I've been looking at this thing. If you think about it, It is the most, it is now, as we sit here, the strongest brand in the world of hospitality. If you type in Marriott Orlando, Airbnb Orlando, Hilton Orlando, and you do that for every major tourist city in the world, Airbnb either has more searches or is number two in any market. And the hotel market is so fragmented, there's no global brand except in luxury and those aren't big businesses. It now has more hotel rooms than the top five competitors. It it will do about six billion next year in revenue. It's coming back stronger. They're going to leap. They're going to escalate to profitability because mm-hmm. a crisis mm-hmm. is a terrible thing to waste. And they cut out a ton of fat and a ton of non-core projects. They did this thing within six to twelve months of the IPO is going to pull a Tesla, and that is, it's not going to be not. It's not only going to be the most valuable hotel company mm-hmm. in the world. It's going to be worth more than the next three or four combined. And here is what is just so powerful mm-hmm. about Airbnb, and that is. At the end of his career, Muhammad Ali found himself with less money than he'd like, so he agreed to fight at the age of 38, um, Larry Holmes, who was 30 and was undefeated.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: during his pre-fight physical, uh, Muhammad Ali couldn't hop on one foot and was slurring a speech and couldn't couldn't attach the tip of his yeah. finger to his nose. He already had, yeah. you know, preliminary tardive dyskinesia. It's probably one of the great crimes in sports. Anyone who approved that fight should, should have probably been in- incarcerated. So they don't care. And what you have is— Airbnb comes into the ring as Larry Holmes, and the hotel mm-hmm. industry can't touch its oh, nose. Wow. It has been
0: take s- that metaphor. Okay. Well, the,
1: the hotel industry <laughs> has been so Agreed. deeply impaired. Name a hotel industry right now mm-hmm. that is leaning forward and making investments in technology and brand. They are all yeah. licking their wounds because they all have this really awful nuisance a called a mortgage. Yeah, and and a Airbnb can can not only can not only variableize its costs down. It has no mortgages. And the thing about Airbnb is. It doesn't have the emissions of an Uber. Everyone says, well, Airbnb is like Uber. It monetizes fallow assets. Not really. Uber Uber monetizes and arbitrages the fact that the wealthiest nation in the world has decided to create an underclass. That's what it's arbitraging. And there is a special place in hell for Uber management. And by the way, it's going to have really shitty snacks. (laughs) And Facebook...
0: What's a shitty snack?
1: Facebook, anything bad. healthy. My okay. my firm all health. You am like oh god, carrot sticks. That's not why we come to work. Anyways, dry carrots. Facebook, Facebook arbitrages the tribal nature and rage we get from certain relationships from people mm-hmm. who don't have to meet you in person or or bots or that weaponize your primal yep. instincts. Anyways, Airbnb really doesn't. Doesn't,
0: it's a delightful service. It doesn't
1: weaponize anybody. It's arbitraging. Well, it, it had
0: issues. They've, they've, they've started to clean them up, and they certainly had left a lot of their regular renters. People had mortgaged their things. They've got all kinds of issues around cities and things but like that. But none of them are right.
1: solvable. I mean, there's things around yes. taxes. they got to start yes. paying their fair share of taxes. There's there's an they issue around housing. Yep. People, you know, people, pulling, it's not as big people pulling a Johnny Depp and parting and f- right. and whatever. That's nothing that doesn't happen in hotels. And they right. say, well, crimes are happening in Airbnb. And guess what? I've heard that crimes happen in hotels. I, yeah. This thing, Kara, it's yeah. going to do $6 billion next year. And you say, well, it's not a SaaS company. It's not a hotel company. You know what it's I like? I agree. If you think about global company that's asset light, huge margins. Good brand.
0: Nice brand global marketing. Global brand.
1: Global brand. Nice
0: marking. And actually, I have to tell you, I have very few problems. I mean, there are issues around racism on the top of my mind. It, again, is on next door and different places like that. And they've been trying to fix that. But I have to say, it's a fl- it's almost a flawless experience. It's like Amazon and delivery. It's sort of really hard to argue with it. We just rented one when we went and got uh, married in New York. And um, it was flawless. I don't I, I don't know how to explain it. It was well, so flawless. Think, every every step about, of the way, it was flawless. Talk about
1: momentum, a couple of things. One – Talk about it, everyone's like, well, they're going to get hurt in the pandemic. The pandemic mm-hmm. is the wind in their sails because if you're freaked out about a it virus changed, or a pathogen, yeah. guess mm-hmm. what Guess what hotel or guess what hotel room doesn't have an elevator? It doesn't have common areas. doesn't yeah. have a check-in. Oh, it's called an Airbnb. And by the way, they, they've tapped into this market.
0: This local. This local. It's been so area.
1: underserved. And that is… If you're like me and you travel with an entourage, if you mm-hmm. want to stay at a, a hotel, it's just you got to get three or four rooms. It's just prohibitively expensive. More people want to eat uh, cook on, to cook themselves. It just everything about this thing is just such an incredible juggernaut. There's going to be more supply cuz people are going to need more reasons to monetize Uh, monetize their assets. So, the key here, though, is I was looking for a comparable. And my tendency, like everybody else's, compare it to a SaaS company and it's worth 70 times revenue. Well, that's not really accurate. It's not a recurring Mm -hmm. revenue company, which, by the way, it should be a recurring revenue bundle. But that's another talk show. The company you compare it to, it's benchmarked for valuation metrics. Global brand, asset light, incredible margins. Airbnb's comparables are Visa and MasterCard, which trade. They're the only companies in in hospitality and travel, you could argue, that have the kind of global equity of Airbnb. They mm-hmm. trade a twenty to twenty five times Revenues, mm-hmm. I think Airbnb could do six billion next year, be profitable, trade a twenty to twenty-five billion, and be worth a hundred to one hundred and fifty billion. It was fifteen billion to right, so six months ago. Scott's
0: going all in on Airbnb. Monster. I like your Airbnb uh-huh. okay. is going to be
1: worth more yeah. than the three to five biggest hotel companies combined
0: within right. a year. And maybe from they'll today. start buying hotels. All right, that's very good, Scott. I like it. I like it, and it's it's it, we'll see when they go public, which is relatively soon. I think. I think it's probably. Might be before the end of the year.
1: Gangster. Absolute gangster.
0: All right. That's the show. You know the drill. Email us with questions about companies and trends in tech and business at pivot at voxmedia.com. We love to answer them. We love to have them in your voice. That was Rebecca reading that last question. Rebecca Sinanis. Uh Scott? I will see you Monday. We have we have lots going on on Monday. And we'll see you post uh, these town halls tonight and yeah. any other news of the weekend. But please read us out.
1: Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Fernando Finite engineered this episode. Erica Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burroughs. Make sure you're subscribed. To the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or, frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Kara, have a great weekend, and we'll see everybody next week.